The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It's Tuesday, October 9th, 2018, season 14, episode number 56. Welcome to another edition of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We've got a lot of stuff to get into today. Yesterday was pretty explosive. Today may not be as explosive, but it'll be a day for some perspective, I think. I think today will be the day when... Instead of jumping off the ledge, we'll give you the reasons why maybe you shouldn't jump off the ledge and give some perspective to what you're seeing so far this season through five games. Were we explosive? And one. <laughs> oh, it was definitely explosive. It was, it was pretty contentious. Oh, it was definitely explosive. Was I don't think it was as explosive as... Talking, talking Cowboys? Yeah, talking Cowboys. That's because we all like each other and we get along with Talking really well. Cowboys gets contentious about whether or not it's raining outside. <laughs> right. Like that's that's nothing new. Like we we disagree, but we disagree friendly. Like we we're we're friends. We can have a friendly yeah, I, discussion where like we disagree. I right? like y'all. So let's get into it. Um I guess the first thing I want to get to today is just talk a little bit about this NFC East. I mentioned it yesterday. Um, and as and I know Dave doesn't like this conversation because as bad as the Cowboys are, I don't think you like even mentioning the fact of where they sit in a bad division. But right now, they are only half a game out of first place um, in the NFC uh, East. Right now, Washington is 2-2 two and two after they get blasted last night, which I don't know that anybody couldn't have seen that coming to some degree. When when Brady's, I mean, when, when uh, Breeze is going for this record and, and they're at home in New Orleans, just everything about that, as they were talking about in the pregame, I'm like, this has a beatdown written all over it, and that's exactly what they got last night. But it was cool to see Drew Brees get that record. That was really cool. Yeah, no, I mean, I cover the Cowboys. I don't really, I don't know very much about the Saints anymore. But you know, I turned it on, and I grew up watching Drew Brees. It was super. I mean, I, I got a little emotional watching him do it. It was Did cool. You? Yeah, got a little misty. I, I mean. He's the most important athlete in New Orleans history, and I know it's. I said this on Twitter last night. Like, I know it's cheesy, but he really does mean a lot to that city in yeah. a very non-sports way. Um, so yeah, it was cool. I mean, it's weird to think that like one of the you know handful of greatest quarterbacks ever to play is uh, came from the Saints. I mean, we don't think of the Saints as a laughing stock anymore because of him, which we certainly did. We yeah. certain they certainly were for a long time, so it was cool. The moment with his son, his sons, I thought was pretty cool. That was that was pretty emotional. Just having that that opportunity to see him with his sons during that time. But going back to the NFC East, Washington loses last night. They're two and two and two. Cowboys at two and three are sitting in second place, tied with the Eagles. But one game, I guess they have the 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 tiebreak over them at this point because they did win one division game against the Giants but and nobody's any good I'm not trying to right and then the Giants are at that, one and four I'm just laying it all out I know but my point is that, that you know the two and three two and two whatever like nobody's really running away with anybody like nobody looks to be explosive on any side of the ball I think Washington's offense is Washington looks a lot like Dallas to me with their offense you know that they, they just don't have a lot of explosive players there their defense looks pretty aggressive but um they definitely got burned last night but like you said that was kind of a hornet's nest that they were walking into there there was no way that drew Brees and sean payton weren't going to get that job done yeah uh i don't know who number 10 is but he looks like he's going to be a problem for a while traquan yeah. smith where's he from us UCF? ucf he's a third round pick 
which ah third round picks don't. I was about make to say plays. their third round picks doing something. Third round picks don't make plays I mean, this early. No, hey. but they don't have Drew Brees. I guarantee right. Michael Gallup yeah, exactly would be it. amazing. If, if Michael Gallup exactly was streaking right. streaking down the sideline without a defender within twenty yards of, thinking him. that's a touchdown for him too. Uh, oh my god, yeah. that was ridiculous. But so you, you look at this it, entire division; it, it's pretty bad. I mean, you look at this relative to the other divisions. It's the only division in football right now that doesn't have a team with a winning record. The top team in the division is at five hundred. And uh, and you look at just the total number of wins. I think they're two games, two wins less than the next closest well, team. Right now, the NFC East looks pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, I think you still got to worry about the Eagles. I mean, they're gonna, you know, Carson Wentz. He'll eventually, I think, be okay. They lost a running back. I know. Season. Well, okay. Well, the other three running backs are still there. <laughs> they got a few. And, and you know, I I, I think Nick- Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. Sorry, I, I did hear that rumor, but go ahead. Yeah, Nick Nick Foles. I mean, it's it's no different than anybody else. I mean, just like Dak and these other guys, these defensive coordinators. I mean, they are what they are for a reason. They can you know hit, they can strike gold for a little bit and, and get hot and all that. But for the most part, I mean, he is what he is. And so I think Philadelphia, once they play with Wentz, I think they'll be the team to beat. Here's one thing I do wonder though, and we've seen this happen before with this team and with other teams. You change the coach, you change the guy who's making the calls, and sometimes things change up. Frank yeah. Reich, who was calling their offensive plays last year, now the head coach in the Indianapolis Colts. How much does that affect Wentz and the the monster run he was on last year? How much does that affect him? I know Dave Peterson's a I mean, I'm sorry, Doug. Dave Doug Peterson, really good coach and and obviously a good offensive mind. But I wonder how much that can that can affect him. And don't forget either that um, DeFilippo, the guy who calls the plays in Minnesota now, was his quarterback's coach. So oh, good point. Yeah. Both of the guys that had the, their hands on him the most are gone. And that, I agree with Nick. I think Wentz is going to be fine. I would still give Philly the nod as the team to beat. But also, like, the thing that troubles me with them is not Wentz because he's coming back off an ACL. It's their defense, honestly. Yeah, right. Uh, that's classic Super Bowl hangover is – you know, you let Vinny Curry go. You let um, – who else did they kick off of that line? I know they let – I think two of them are in Tampa now. I can't remember. Vinny Curry's gone. Now they did replace him with oh, Bennett. Yeah. Right. No, they did, but it, new pieces. And then Rodney McLeod goes down with an injury, and their secondary all of a sudden looks like it sucks. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Mills is, is having his struggles. Malcolm Jenkins is a good player, but he can't do it all himself. So there appear to be some really serious flaws there. Like, I, I would guess they'll probably get it together, but – They've already lost as many games as they did all of last season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Giants are uh, – they're interesting because, you know, they, they went to Carolina and they, they put up some points there late in the game. Of course, I mean, lost by a 63-yard well. field goal. I mean, yeah. like, you know, they they good enough to win. They've got issues in the locker room, obviously, with, with Odell and talking and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I think their GM – I mean, I think that their front office is starting to figure it out. Because they decided to part ways with Eric Flower. So that makes me think that, you know what, they're actually getting it there because I don't. Now, they do think they can get a trade for it. No, I think they were just putting think, it out there like, hey, by the way, we're, we're, we're cutting this guy. Anybody wants him. I don't care. If anybody wants yeah. him, just let us know. Otherwise, we're cutting him. Yeah, you know? who's going to say, ooh, I'll take that? <laughs> well, I don't know, but I, want I think my that was just kind of there. That was kind of their last ditch effort just to say, yeah, we're, we're making this move. Anybody should happen to want him. Did, it's, did anyone oh. jump in onto the mailbag with that? Because any anybody that Actually, gets put out there, they say, hey, what about the Cowboys? Did anyone do that? But Brian was <laughs> giving me crap about it this morning. Like, I'm not the mailbag guy anymore. Rob's been doing it this season. And Brian was like, you haven't even looked in the mailbag this year, have you? And I was like, 
No, Rob's on top of it. Way to go, Rob. So nice job. I owe him. And for you that. came back and said that's because I'm reading your stuff. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I do plenty of stuff. Like, I'm sorry that I'm not doing the mailbag. Brian just loves to find ways to needle me about things. One other question I'll throw to you guys about Quitter. the NFC East. You think any chance that the the Redskins at the end of the season are going to be at the top of this division? I I mean, the only team I don't think the Giants will be at the top of the division. Everybody else I could see, which it's weird. That's what I was going to say is. I got to readjust my mindset because from, okay, the Cowboys were great in 07 and then the Giants won the Super Bowl and then the Giants were like pretty good in 08, but not as good as they should have been probably. Same goes for the Cowboys, obviously. Um, But then from like 2009 to 13, you were just trading one team having decent season and everybody else kind of sucking and then from 11 to 13, it was everybody sucked. I mean, this makes, I said this last night on Twitter, it reminds me of 2013. Cowboys were trading wins and losses and they didn't look very good, but it was like, well, who's, who division, else is yeah. any good? Like right. everybody else sucks too. They're so gonna, they're going to beat each other up. Which in, but then from 14 to 17, it wasn't like that because the Cowboys were great in 14. They were terrible in 15. So we weren't even talking about this. They were great in 16 and the Eagles started nine and one last year. So you haven't had this problem but, where right. there wasn't a good team. But 15 was very similar to this as bad as the Cowboys were that year. They weren't out of it. They until, weren't out of it to right. the very end. Who won it? And oh, the Redskins, Redskins won it in 15, which, which again, I think they won it at like nine and seven, though. Like yeah. they weren't great. I just looked at that at that offense. I just I just don't see the guys there that'll. You know, obviously they have holes in defense because they got you know they got put up forty something points on them last night. But I, I just don't think their offense is going to be good enough to like win a bunch of games. Um, you know, they don't really know what they're doing. Running back seems like and they different guys and receivers. Nobody really scares you there. And I think I agree with you, but I'm not ready to rule them out. No, I, I mean they should be ruled out. No, no. And they've, you know, they beat the Packers. Not and the Packers look surprisingly bad too. So maybe that's not this amazing we'll win. But we'll see. These division games will come down. You know, it'll be interesting. There's a lot of division football games to be played. I mean, am I wrong by saying that it's just Dallas and the Giants? Is anybody else played within the division? I don't think so. But I don't the think so Eagles I mean, do play the Giants on Thursday they, night. Thursday football. night. I mean, and I think when you when you break it down at the end of the year, I think the teams that are going to be the the division that's going to be one of the best in football, I think, is going to be the AFC South. I I, I do think Jacksonville will be there. Tennessee looks pretty good. Oh, they've kind of taken a little step back. Well, Houston's they? yeah, that's true. They lost to the Bills, and yeah. Houston I think <laughs> is actually moving up. That'll do it. Um, you know, I, I'm just saying, and the, and they have I'm faced going. them a lot. The, this oh. division has faced that division a lot this first month. I think the sure. AFC North is going to be the toughest division when it's all I said think, and done. Wow, we all look, disagree. I think the NFC North. Really? Yeah. I mean, the Bears are the hottest team in football, or well, the Chiefs, but the Bears are hot. The Packers have Rodgers. I don't as long so you as can't they count do. them out. Yeah. And then the Vikings are stacked. So, yeah. and the and the Lions are not a pushover. Right. They never will be. I mean, you have I can kind of agree with that, but I think just because the Browns are now actually playing decent football, I think you could say the same thing across the board about yeah, the no. AFC. The Bengals look North. really good. Wait, I mean, really, is the the NFC East one of the two or three worst divisions in oh, football? Yeah. Maybe the worst. I mean, no. it, I'm having other than maybe if you want to put the NFC South in there. NFC South is having its struggles. Outside of the Rams, they really got nothing going on. The NFC West. West. I'm sorry, NFC West. I'm sorry. NFC West. If, if yes, unless other than the Rams, they really got nothing we'll else see. going on. I don't I think they got another the, team with a winning record there. I would throw the AFC East in there. They'll, they've been they have the best team in football, but yeah. they've been 
garbage for 20 years. And like, that no team, team in that division and, is any good. And that's yeah. the thing about it is right now, everybody can just get their ass kicked. Everybody can. You talk, Who's the best team in football? The Patriots? Is that who you just said? Well, I meant over the last And, and I agree years. with you 100%. That's who I thought you were talking about, too. The same team that got wrecked by the Lions. And, you know, and the Vikings look pretty good, but the Bills smashed them. And, yeah. you know, everybody's kind of had one. And then is it this week that the – Chiefs and Rams play? No, it's next month. Next yeah. month? Oh, that's in Mexico? Yeah. Yep. I thought I just saw a promo for it. I, I didn't know if it was this coming up or not. Unless you're a Chiefs, Rams, or maybe Bengals fan, you don't have a and well the Bears because they've been they've Bengals played are, so much. Bengals are gonna disappoint they're gonna disappoint them. Why? I mean because Andy Dalton is why. <laughs> He's playing great. Okay. I'm just saying they won the they've won that division like three out of the last five years. This is the playoffs where they have their struggles. They've it's, done some things they, in the regular season. I'm not season. saying they're yeah. gonna win a playoff. They've done some game. things in the regular season. I agree with you on that. I just don't like I just You just don't, don't like him. No, I, I don't dislike him. I just don't Where'd think he there are any good. No. Where'd he come from? <laughs> Where'd he come from? I think he's from Rockwall. No. Where'd he go to college? I don't know. <laughs> not a fan. I think that has a little bit. I just, little no, bit. it doesn't. No? That, no? Not that point. I, okay. No. All right. Amber pointed this out last. I mean, you you gotta you can't you can't use those preconceived notions in an NFL season because you said that about the Eagles last year and yeah. they went thirteen and three and won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay. Let's put it let's put it out there. What the Bengals. I, I mean, it's their problem. I mean, they already have four wins. They're, they're a ten-win team, and that's that'll get you to the playoffs. I don't know if they'll and then win. You the just division. see what happens at that yeah. point, right? If you get to get to the playoffs, will they be in the AFC Championship? I game. doubt it. I doubt it. But and that's just based on history. Sitting here, that's just that's just me taking the field. Like, oh. yeah, I mean, <laughs> right. Who the hell knows? You're, but the thing about that is, is that they I, they play in probably the most physical division. I mean the Ravens, the the Browns have gotten their defense is their defense is, is playing yeah. really well, yeah. Uh, and the Steelers, of course, though it is tough to to do anything really from that division just because they beat each other up. Yep. So I, I just history tells me that the Bengals probably won't sustain it. But we're gonna take our first break. When we come back, we're gonna talk number one wide receiver Jerry and Steven certainly have, and oh uh, they had some interesting things to say. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. If you're like me and you love, I mean, if you have a thing, then cutting the cord is scary. But then I found out I could switch to DirecTV now and still get the live sports I love. No satellite needed, no bulky hardware, no annual contract, just get the live sports you love. Try DirecTV now for $10 a month for three months. Visit DirecTVNow.com. DirecTV Now. More for your thing. That's our thing. Use code REALDEAL. Limited time. Price for a little, little package. After three months, we use monthly at full price. Currently minimum $40 unless canceled. Prices may change. New subscribers only. Cancel any time. Content varies by package and may be limited. Restrictions apply. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to Talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and of course with yours truly me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. 
the Jack Black Playmaker. Ten bucks, free shipping. While a player can look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than specs and features as well. you got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. To experience one for yourself, visit your local Texas John Deere dealer or go to myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're going to talk a little bit about receivers. Number one wide receivers, to be exact. Um, Yesterday, Nick, you had an interview that you did with Steven. We're going to play a clip from that. But also this morning on 105.3 The Fan here in Dallas, Jerry had his uh, morning talk with uh, the guys over there. And uh, they were asked, and, and Jerry was talking about the wide receiver position and uh, basically said the Cowboys haven't had a number one receiver uh, for a couple of years, a few, few years. Uh, let's listen to that, to that quote that you and Steven had, though, because I want to I want to yeah. dive into this conversation after we uh, hear that. There's not a silver bullet here. We've got to go to work. Uh, there's no number one receivers laying around on the street out there. So uh, we've just got to get mm-hmm. to work. And Give I, us the context of that, Nick, yeah, you were doing the interview. I had asked him. I said, you know, we, we, we talked about number one receivers all offseason, and that the, the thought was is that you could get this done by committee. After seeing the first five games and seeing what Houston's number one receiver did single-handedly, do you still feel like, you know, that you don't have a number one, you need one? And he basically said, doesn't matter because there's not one out there. And I think everybody knows exactly, I mean, if you read in between the lines, everyone knows what that means and what he's saying. I don't even know your name, but you know mine. (laughs) But they forgot it. (laughs) I think they have forgotten his name now, or they don't want to. I mean, basically, and and let's go with what Jerry said, too, I mean, and, and help us out with that. But, I mean, they're basically saying Des Bryant is not going to fix this problem. He is not a number one receiver, so don't don't bring up that. But do you have do you have Jerry's quote written down? Um, I don't have the exact quote. It was Cowboys haven't had a true number one wide receiver in years. That yeah. was part of the quote. I actually. I, so I that's have. you know. I mean that for the that that's the gist of it. Yeah, he's yeah. saying he's talking about Des Bryant yeah, and, as well. And here's course. the deal. And I, I went back and it, obviously you hear that, and at first you raise your eyebrows, but really if you go back and you look at the numbers. All the way back until probably 2014, or not probably, 2014 was the last time Dez had numbers that reflected a true number one wide receiver. I'm talking about in the top 10 in categories I did the math. of receiving and, and, well, and, and touchdowns and yards. I did the math when I wrote the story about Jerry's comments. Over the three years after he signed his $70 million deal after the 14th season, in the three years after that, he averaged 50 catches for 678 yards and six touchdowns per year. Which those are great numbers if you're not on a seventy million dollar contract. Yep. So I mean, that's I kind of look at it like, and you know, further I I would have loved to have seen them negotiate something with Dez where they brought his number down and kept him here. I think he would probably still be the best receiver on this offense. But yeah, that that it it didn't raise my eyebrows that much because I was like, well, yeah, like obviously they feel that way. They cut him when and his numbers bear it out too. When yeah. were what year was it when we sat there and we did the the interview in his 
in Jerry's office, and they signed him to the extension. When was that? It was the summer of 15. Okay, the summer of 15. So 15, 16, and 17. Yes. So he said for the last three years. So they, they Well, added, he didn't specify he years. Several, several he years. He said several years. I was pointing out that those three. three years have been the three years that his numbers didn't reflect him well, being a number then, one receiver. Then you know what? You know, that they paid him the money to be an elite player and – you know, they, they've gotten in trouble with this way back in the late 90s of paying players for what they have done and not for what they were projected to do. And maybe they did project them to be good. No, I can't. I can't go there. I And I've, I've said this before. Um, they signed Des Bryant to a five-year deal thinking that he'd play most of, if not all of that, with Tony Romo. And he played two more games with him, like yep. straight up. I mean, uh, and... I mean, there's no way to say this without sounding like you're bash, bashing Dak, which that's not my intention. But I think Des Bryant would probably still be on this team if Tony Romo was the quarterback. I think if you put Des Bryant on a team like the Saints, he might not be. He probably has dropped a couple notches from the Odells and the ABs and the Julios of the world. But he would be a much more productive receiver with a quarterback like that who can do whatever he wants to then he would be on this team. And Played. that's the point. That's honestly the point that, I, that, I'm try, that I've been trying to make with regards to Des Bryant is it's not that Des is no longer, can no longer be a productive player. It's that under the current circumstance with the quarterback that you have and what we've seen since he's been with that quarterback is he's not that elite kind of receiver. And guess what? The quarterback isn't going anywhere. So if you have him here, you're going to be paying him elite money to give you pedestrian production, and it's not worth it. It's not worth having that guy in the building when you're doing that. And I'm not trying to sound smarmy, but I feel like we covered all of this in the offseason. Like, this isn't new information. Like, And that's, I hate it so much, but the phrase Dak friendly is basically, Dez at this point last season had 200 and something yards on like 50 targets. Like, to get him involved the way you want to in this offense with this quarterback, you just got to target him. 15 times a game and that's not in their best interest so they so they got rid of him I mean basically and I on it like I said I I don't know that it was like this terrible blunder because mm. I think if Des Bryant was here it would look awfully similar well let me ask you this question go ahead Nick. well I just think that it's hard to, to just go back and say we covered this in the offseason because the offseason you expected, or at least, you know, there was some hope from this team that the True. receivers would Absolutely. be better. You're right. So now, after five games, it's like, well, now let's revisit this. How bad was it? Because these guys aren't aren't making plays for you either, you know? And so the negative plays that you saw from Dez last year, you know, drop passes that led to an interception in Denver and things like that, you saw that kind of stuff and you're like, wow, that's a that's that's not great. These guys are doing it here without really making some. I mean, Des was making some plays uh, for both teams, but I mean, like Deontay Thompson's is not making a play for you know for the Cowboys at all. I'm not sure Deontay Thompson is the one that's kind of weird here because what is he? He's a four-two guy that can run. So when have we seen him run down the field? No, we see him run like I mean passes over the middle and that Carolina they put all of their eggs in that basket that he who hadn't practiced most training camp and got cut earlier and comes back and on fourth and 10 or whatever runs it out that the timing is going to be perfect between him and I mean and that lost the game for him or that was the last play there and then he had a couple of I just don't understand why they're trying to make this guy into a wide receiver when he's never been one 
He's never been. I mean, he's been a speed guy, and they're not using him that way. They're trying to use him as a possession guy, and I I think his hands are as good as ours. Well, but that's also the problem when you don't have. Uh, when you're kind of throwing everybody into one mosh pit and saying we'll just kind of use them all yeah. rather than yeah. having guys like I got a guy that I know can stretch the field. I got yeah. a guy that I know runs great routes that can move the chains. Like there, I don't think they have, or at least it doesn't seem like they may. It doesn't seem like they have really well defined roles on what That's, guys do well and getting them in, them in those situations most frequently. And that was fine in the spring. It was actually it was kind of exciting in the spring to be like, oh, like all 10 of these guys are doing a little bit of everything. Like they're really going to try to see who does what the best, but like we're still kind of doing that in October, which they've, you know, they've tightened up the rotation a little bit. I would guess I don't have the snap counts in my head, but you, I think it's a little more defined than it was, but yeah, still like again for the, like Alan Hearns seems like he would be your best possession receiver. They don't, they use him that way, but not enough. In my opinion, they don't use Tavon to his strengths. They haven't been using Deontay to his strengths. And to be quite frank, the same thing with Cole. Like I don't think I think that the that when you're on that fourth and one, that third and one, him on a flare route, you're probably going to have a good shot of completing yeah. that. I'm know? not. I know you guys joke around and call me the implier. I'm not implying anything here. I'm saying everything. I'm saying everything that I know. This All sentence. Right. I think the Cowboys will get a wide receiver in here in the next couple, a week or two that we have heard of. This won't be Des Bryant. But it'll be somebody that they're going to try to to bring in here, and that's all that I know. Who would be available? Well, at this I mean, point there, that... I'm just saying there could be uh, you could sign someone, you could try to trade for someone. I don't think it'll be anybody that's significant. I don't think anyone that'll really really help. I do think they will try to do something. You can't keep going with this. And again, I'm not implying. That's all that I know. That's what I think is going to happen in the next, I would say, week to ten days. Hmm, I'd be kind of shocked because I, I think. Well, if they, it's if they just bring them in, some, trying something. No, I get it, but if they're bringing in more of the same, it just clouds it even further. Right. I, I would, I would maybe go if I were them. I may go the route of saying, tighten up my rotation even more. Figure out the guys that I really want to use yeah. on specific roles and focus on using them just, in that role versus bringing another guy and throwing them in the mix. And I just got one more guy that's doing what everybody else is doing. And if, if anybody, I'm sorry, uh, David, but if ahead. anybody got kind of like excited about that comment that I just made, just remember the last 10 days, they also brought in a receiver that you'd heard of before and he's done absolutely nothing. So that doesn't mean anything. They brought in Bryce Butler. I, I'm saying it could be something like that. Heck, they need to use, if they're going to do that, they probably do better off just using butler if they're going to bring somebody else in that's probably the same ilk right i don't know if they want to give bryce a shot that would be great other like if they're not going to change anything i would lean on beasley hearns tavon well tavon as the way tavon should be used not not sending him down the field to catch 20 yard routes like tavon use tavon the way that the texans use kiki qt like it 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 doesn't seem like it should be that hard um I was going to say Gallup. I don't love saying that because I mean, you want to go to bat for the draft pick, but he he oh, has done he has done something to indicate that he's not ready for this in basically every game. Um so maybe Bryce, yeah. Um I'm going to I I need to ask around. I haven't, but we're getting we're coming up on when Noah Brown can start practicing, yeah. not playing, but after actually I think maybe he could practice this week if they wanted him to. I don't I don't know like I said, I don't know if they have any intention of bringing him back. If you do that, that's one of your IR spots that you can't use anymore. Can, so. I, can I answer that question? Because I have asked around yeah, about that. Go for and it. the answer is yes, they are intending on bringing him back. All right, there you go. 
I would love to see that. Another case for your pre-show meetings, Derek. Mm. No, I like we hash it out. We yeah, hash we it out talk, right we, on the just air. Just talking right on here. Yeah. Just sure. bros talking. Well, I mean, we don't sit here and talk about Noah Brown all the time, but yeah, since he came up. I, mm-hmm. I do I do think that he's a guy that they are they would look to bring back here at some point. I would I would love to see it. I was impressed with him as a rookie, and nobody else is making their case. So yeah, that's true. No one's seriously. running away from him. Yeah, you're let's, not like well, well, and, uh, well let's give Noah a little more time because these guys. Just that's got why it. to me, that's why Rico is here. You know, none, of the, none t- of the tight none ends, of the tight ends out. did yeah. anything. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take our final break. When we come back, I'm gonna ask these guys the question: Is the threat of a guy at wide receiver that can make a big play just as good as the production? or at least comparable to the production. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. While a player can look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than specs and features as well. you got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. To experience one for yourself, visit your local Texas John Deere dealer or go to myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. It's time for tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the crockpot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True, they even come in seven different sizes, up to 64 ounce, the growler. Hmm, I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation Tumblers at otterbox.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at Stetson.com today. To the break. Even when your team is struggling a little bit, maybe has a losing record, you still want to ride with the boys. You always want to ride with your boys. When it comes to underwear, you definitely don't want them riding up on your boys. You know what I mean, Dave. That's why we always wear Tommy John. Dave. I don't know why I had to say we wear Tommy John, but you know, revolutionary, the revolutionary brand of underwear. Stay up waistbands that keep everything in place. Nice. Is that? Oh, okay. I'll just say, yeah, stay up waistbands. 
Isn't that is that something that's that you don't a big want it deal? to you don't want it to fall on you, do you? Yeah, you don't want them to be loose. Like I always kind that. of I understand that, like, but like, isn't isn't that kind of a given? Not, if not it's, necessarily. Not if it's poorly made underwear. Not, not necessarily. When I was a younger man and and didn't have enough money to pay for quality underwear, so stay up waistbands. There were times that it's yeah. like socks. Like yeah, you stretch out that, that elastic of, yeah. a couple and times, and all of a sudden well, you know it's it, not laying down. Supposed to. See, I can't tell you this what is my, why Tommy John's no. so good because they get they give you everything. They also keep them on your waist. No adjustment needed. Shop exclusive Cowboys underwear. TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Tommy John. Oh yeah. Let's get into it. Underwear. I had a question for you guys right before the break. We we're talking about the wide receiver position, particularly talking about number one wide receivers. I had a fan on Twitter before the show bring up what I thought was a very valid point, or at least a point that was worth discussion, uh, which is last year, despite what you thought about the production from Des Bryant, despite what you thought about the production from uh, from uh, Jason Witten, the fact is when Jason Witten and, and Des Bryant are on your offense, defenses have to account for them because if they don't account for them, they can make them look silly, right? Is that a situation, or, or should that be something that should be considered here when you talk about, hey, the Cowboys really don't need a number one? Does the threat of having a Des Bryant out there, even if he's not a true number one, just the threat of the damage that he can do, is that enough to still need to have him on a team like this one? I think <sighs> there's, there's a couple of ways to look at that. One, like, yeah, they miss him in the sense that they are – good veteran players who you can typically count on to do what they're supposed to. Like Jason Witten's going to be there. He's going to probably figure out a way to get open more often than not. Des Bryant can still do Des Bryant things. Nick brings up the slant against the Giants all the time. You have to cover him, but to go back to Jerry Jones's point, it's been a long time since I remember, I think it was 14 the cow went like we, first time we really thought those cowboys were a good team. They smashed the Saints here in AT and T like mm -hmm. week four, I think. Like literally, the Saints put two corners on him, and I'm not talking about like rolling a guy over the top. Like literally, they had two guys. It looked like it was a punt, right? Yeah, and Dez was literally standing on the sideline. Like, are y'all kidding me right now? Right. Or, I mean, yeah. not this. He was standing in place in the formation. Like, okay. Like, nobody was covering Des like that in the last two right. years. So He's not getting that kind of attention. you got to account for him, yeah. and he has a track record that makes him more dangerous than any of these guys. But he's, he's not. He wasn't that guy in recent memory. I mean, you know, the thing about it is it reminds me of, like, the last – you're probably too young for this. But, you know, the last, I don't know, five or ten years of Mike Tyson, you know, it's like – he wasn't what he was, but you're always worried about it. Why? Because he could. He could knock you out with he one punch. He's got that. And I think that's kind of what's happened here with Dez and a little bit. It's like, yeah, he's not the same, and you don't have to cover him the same, but you got to be careful with that. And and it's not just about Dez, it's about it's about Tavon as well. Look back to the first game or this last game. A couple of plays they had, the touchdown and even the the shovel pass that on third down that was important. It got him in there. Fake to Tavon, shovel to to uh, to Zeke. Fake to Tavon and Zeke, throw it to Hearns in the end zone. You, you can keep faking it all day, but at some point, you know. So the threat of not having the ball it sounds good, but you do have to show them every once in a while. So um, it's, that's a good question. You do have to show them that we can hurt you, and then use that against them. And honestly, that's the part I think that would hurt this argument. Is I don't think enough times last year Dez actually hurt. 
the opposing team. Now, there were a couple, but I don't think it happened frequently enough where teams wouldn't still walk into a game with the Cowboys this year and say the exact same thing they're saying right now, which is if you're going to beat this team, you got to stop Zeke. Dez is one thing, and we'll deal with him. We could probably put one guy on him, and we will we will be okay if we let if he gets a big play on us. Like we're okay with the idea that he might get a big play on us. Well, we can't let who we can't let get off is Zeke, and I think that's that doesn't change that doesn't change whether Dez is on the team or not. And that I mean, you know, I don't I worry about sounding like a homer, but like we saw Dez do so much of the stuff we're seeing right now. You brought up the Denver game, the Seattle game last year is burned into my brain forever. Like, and he made some plays, and he would probably still be the best receiver on this team if he was here, but. He left a lot of stuff out there. I mean, you can blame Dak if you want to. I I lean more toward thinking that if you make $12 million a year to play receiver, you should have a DeAndre Hopkins. Those balls were not all accurate. And yeah. he, I mean, he's got a 50 foot catch radius. It doesn't matter where it is. He's going to bring it in. You know, that's what you're paying $12 million a year for. Right. The, the thing about that is, is that you keep going back to that statement that, that, I agree with, and Dave agrees because he just said it. I don't know if you do, but that Des would be the best receiver on the team if he was here. Think about any other football team in the league and any other position other than maybe kicker. I don't know. But where else could you say, if I signed this guy off the street, he would be better than anyone else that I have? For all the, the, the problems of, well, well, what he is in the locker room and all that, that's a that's a statement that's, needs I think needs to be addressed like no what no other team can say that no other position you could say there's nobody out there that would be the best of all of the guys. but here, here would be my question back to you when you're saying that you're speaking purely from the point standpoint of just raw skill as a receiver you're saying he'd be the best one now let's factor in the other reasons because there were other reasons why he's not on this team when you factor in those other reasons is his ability that much greater to where it's worth saying having put him on this team? That's the issue. Well, no, no go ahead. Any other team in the any for any other team, they had they'd have to deal with the the part of Des learning the offense and all that. I mean, so at least you you got a guy that would be talent wise, raw talent, like you said, better than anyone you have. He's got more experience in production than anyone else that you have. He's got an understanding of the offense. It may not be better than anyone else you have, but he does have an understanding of the offense. Um, and, you know, I, I but, but don't you think being cut and being on the street and no one signing you, I mean, do you think that would change anything, humble him at all? Did not. I don't know. Uh, do you think it? it doesn't feel like it doesn't the, seem like it from Twitter, what you're seeing on Twitter? The, the Twitter activity does not indicate that it has. Um, which the other thing for me is, okay, all of that is very, all of that is very important. And for how good his relationship with Jerry Jones is, I'm sure Des has burned several bridges in this building, uh, in the locker room and out of the locker room. But my thing is what, how big is the difference in production? Really? Like, honestly, I mean that because like Des would definitely be leading this team in catches and yards probably. I think he'd also be far and away leading in targets because maybe in drops too. We saw it last year. Is like even though he is a complimentary player in this offense at this point in time, you have to plan for him like he's a premier guy. Like right. that's what they did. He had forty targets through four games. That's why they did this. Is that Michael Gallup isn't going to say "bup" if he gets two targets in a game? He's a rookie. Deontay Thompson is not going to raise a stink about getting five targets but, in a game because that's probably a career high for but him. They're chirping. 
They're getting there. There's Cole Beasley there's saying one, some stuff. There's one guy that's Alan Hearns and, said, Well, yeah, Hearns you know, too. I'm you're just right. saying they're they're getting there because everybody. Well, well got what an ego. what what it sounds like they're doing? It sounds like they're just saying it's not us. That's that's what and they're it's, saying. Not so much give me the ball as much as they're saying, hey, everybody out there that's trying to point the finger at us, it ain't us. That's what I'm hearing which, from from them. It's, but it is. Uh, I, <laughs> but that's it's what, not. It's that's not, at least what I I think they're saying is it, it's, it's not it's, us. It's every it's everything. It's everything. Yeah, the line's it is. not it's blocking. Everything. Great, but they're not getting open. But that's why I said yesterday. There's only one of all that we're talking about. There's only one or two positions that our expectations were different than what we're seeing right now. Yeah, and that's the offensive line and running back. That's the only ones we had high expectations for. It's Cole just, Beasley needs to be the number three receiver on this team, and he's not. He's the number one receiver, and that's yeah. the problem. He needs to be number three. He needs to be the guy that's the mismatch guy. But if teams want to take him out of the game, they'll take him out of the game. And then leaving you with what? That's that's to me that's the, the ball. The that's all. I mean, that's what they've they've committed themselves to. What we're gonna do when all else fails, we fall back on our running game. Yeah, that's what they've committed to. It's funny because I mean, it's it's the it's a tale as old as time. This league, every damn near every team in the league thinks it has a shot at the playoffs when the season starts. That's what's great about it. But yeah. so. Damn near every team in the league feels really good about what they did in the offseason, which in some cases it has worked out like the linebacker situation has worked out perfectly yep. with the way they planned it out. Even it hadn't been great, but safety has not sunk this team yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you can say the same thing about their defensive front. But um, having said all of that, they are currently getting a big F for how the, they decided to approach wide receiver like none of the stuff that they thought would happen like. We think we think Michael Gallup. We think Alan Hearns will do this. We you know Deontay. Right. We, we he worked with Sanjay. Law. Like none of it's working. We Not in Tavon. We think he can be this. Yeah. And 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 Dak deserves some blame in that too, for that matter, because these are supposed to be guys tailored to what he wants to do, and they might not be getting open. They certainly aren't getting open all the time. But he's missing throws as well when mm-hmm. he's having those opportunities. I just thought about something. Have you guys? Has anybody asked the question? What happened to the whole concept of Tavon being a web back? I don't think I've seen him line up in the backfield at all. I don't like. I don't care where he line. I'm, I, well, what I, I take what some I mean offense is, to that because I've been yelling about it all season long. They're not using him the way that he seems like he is screaming to be well, used. My point was that was what was said on draft day, and that's what they talked about there at the beginning. Is that you look at how the Rams were using him last year? They lined him up in the backfield a lot. I mean, he was getting carries quite a bit. Probably more of a ball carrier than just a receiver for the Rams last year. So my expectation from what they said was that he was going to be a guy that was going to have the ball in his hands more frequently as a as a runner, just as a runner. So whether that's a bubble screen, whether that's a handoff, they were going to find ways to just get the ball in his hand. That's not necessarily as a receiver because they made a point of saying web back versus wide receiver. Mm-hmm. At what point did that change? And if so, why? Are they not? Did they decide to do that versus using him more in that role? I, I don't. My question. I don't care if he ever takes a single handoff out of the backfield. But uh, Josh Norris, who's a fantasy football guru, I I quote tweeted this last night. Uh, he Kiki QT's average depth of target of five yards is the lowest of any wide receiver in the league with twenty plus targets. You can spin it in a positive way because he's got twenty two targets in just two games. Again, that's what I said when we were previewing him last yeah. week. He never touches the ball more than five, six yards downfield. 
he's still a crucial component of their offense. Which is my point. No, I know, right. yeah. but I don't care if Tavon's lining up at running back. Just get him the ball in shallow space where he doesn't have to make this amazing grab to get the ball. We're like, saying the same thing. Yeah, No, we We're are. We are. But it's something I've been harping on and will continue to harp on because I don't understand it. Right. And so. I, I, I would be interested to see what coaches have to say about that, seeing as though that seemed like that was the plan when he came in. Um, and not to say this is the end all be all, but it was funny because even on like ESPN on their fantasy game, he is listed as a running back, not as a wide receiver. If I had to guess, they will give an answer that suggests that we're stupid for suggesting it. Even like, though they suggested it, like, they... they'll say something that's like, "Well, you don't understand," but here's why. Okay, that's I'll 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 try to get a question in for you. Let's though. see how it goes. All, All right. right, appreciate you guys joining us. We're back tomorrow. We're going to get you guys ready for Cowboys versus Jaguars. That happens this Let's Sunday. Let's do this again tonight. Yeah, let's do oh, this yeah, again tonight. As a matter of yeah, fact, okay. if you guys are, are in the area, come check us out. We'll be a Concrete Cowboy tonight at 6 p.m. for the happy hour. And it'll uh, it'll be us three, plus Shannon Gross. We'll see how that goes. Anyway, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, I'm Derek Eagles, and this has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about that?